Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code SPOTIFY for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Hey, everybody. Welcome to episode seven of On Deck. I'm Bill. That's Lloyd. This is the show where we talk all about the Steam Deck. If this is your first time here, make sure that you are subscribing. And if you are listening to this in your favorite podcast player, head on over to nerdnest.tv and you can watch us talk about this stuff or subscribe in your favorite podcast player. Lloyd, it's been two weeks since we talked about this stuff. It has. You pretty excited? It has. I am, man. Um, it, it seems like minutes after we talked last episode, <laughs> Steam came out with an amazing, amazing teardown video. And it's just like, oh, that would have been perfect for the last episode. But now it's perfect for this episode. That's the good thing about news. Sometimes you can hold on to news. You don't have to, you don't have to freak out and cover it day one because it's news that will be important for an extended period of time which is exactly what this teardown uh, is about. Yeah, I think that a lot of people who either watch or listen to this show, like, in fact, I saw somebody say this on the subreddit when, because somebody, whoever's posting our videos to the subreddit, thank you very much. We do appreciate it when you guys share the videos out. But somebody had said, this is all information that we already know. But I like watching these guys talk about it because it's more of like an in-depth conversation instead of here's the news, which it right. was really nice of them to say. So thanks to those mm. who are posting it. And thanks for the kind words to that uh, fellow Redditor over at the Steam Deck uh, subreddit. That's right. Yeah, no, it's obviously we're not breaking news here because Steam or Valve rather is very tight lipped about any new announcements. And they're going to want to do the announcements themselves because that's what companies generally want to do. Um, but we like to take the the nuggets of information and uh, and wax poetic about them, as some people might say, <laughs> or we just talk about them in depth um, to talk about our uh, our ideas as to why they're important. Um, our ideas may not be your ideas, but maybe there's a, a series of gamers that are like us that want a portable device to play their games um, that maybe don't have a PC that is really up to spec for the latest and greatest games. Maybe they're uh, cloud gaming already through Stadia and GeForce Now because of that. This is kind of where we're coming at it. So we're 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 letting that kind of color our conversations a little bit. So hopefully we'll find some people that uh, that are just as excited about us for the exact same reasons. And if not, maybe the people that are excited for different reasons will like the conversation anyway. So uh, yeah, appreciate everybody that's posting this to Reddit. And um, yeah, it's 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 fun to talk about new tech and dream about what the possibilities could be since no one except for the game devs really have one of these things in their hands right now. Well, we don't have to dream about what's inside the Steam Deck anymore because or maybe we do because we got a, a very, very um, high <laughs> level a superficial look at what's going on inside the Steam Deck, which I have to say is very, very cool. I mean, we've talked about this on the show before, how absolutely transparent Valve is being about this. Right. Uh, they did a video that basically said, hey, here's how you take apart the Steam Deck. But first, <laughs> don't friggin' take apart the Steam Deck. They right. were really, really um, uh, uh, clear that yep. they are not making this for you to take apart, but... 
they wanted to show people what's inside, which I thought was really cool. Um, yeah. What's your big takeaway from that video? And there's a link to all of the stuff that we're talking about in the description down below. Like right. Uh, well, the the part that you just said, don't take apart your Steam Deck, was uh, was really kind of funny to me because I, I've been repairing uh, consumer products for years. I did it as a job for a while. I I took apart ThinkPads and MacBooks and PowerBooks and all these old computers that had very small components, very small screws. You had to be very meticulous about lifting the Kefcon, Kefton, Kefcon, Kefton. I can't remember what the tape is called, but it's this like yellow translucent tape that doesn't have static. Uh, so you lift it up and, and they showed some of that stuff there. There's that like metallic tape that was covering some of the screw holes. You have to be like super meticulous to get these things apart. Um, but the one of the things that they said is when when we built this thing, we use self-tapping screws. And everyone's like, well, what does that mean? Well, the screws actually have a point on it and you're actually physically screwing into the plastic to make a, a tight seal. Once you take those screws out, it'll never be that tight after. Mm -hmm. So notice, or or, or not notice, uh, think about what will happen when you take it apart. There may be some rattles, there may be some extra flexing, there may be some other, other things to do with it. The difference between most companies that just say, don't do it, you, you void the warranty, we don't want to talk to you again, is Valve is like, well, it's your equipment, you can take it apart, you have every right to take it apart, just know that if you break it, it's not covered under warranty, but here's all the pitfalls to get into. It was kind of a fresh take on how do we take our things apart? Because we're used to Samsung and Apple making phones that are glued together and impossible to change the components, AirPods that you can't even get the battery out of. And then you have Valve come along saying, we know everyone's going to take this apart anyway, so we made it easy for you to do it by doing this stuff. Um, it was it was kind of a, a breath of fresh air when most companies are usually super, super secretive and just like, don't do it, period, finger wagging at, at uh, everybody else. So it was, a, it was a nice thing to see from Valve. I think one of the things that was very interesting is phrasing and the, the way that they phrased this. And I don't know if they did this intentionally or if there's a... They said, it's your equipment, you can take it apart, but if you damage it, it voids the warranty. Most right. of the time, it's like, if you open it, it voids <laughs> yeah. the warranty. They're yeah. saying, only, well, they said, if you damage it. Mm -hmm. We don't know if that means your warranty is voided if you open it and you don't mm -hmm. damage it. We don't know. But that seemed right. like a very strange phrasing for them to say, okay, You've opened it. You haven't damaged anything. We're not going to void the warranty. Um, right. What do you th do? You, do you think that that's going to be the case, or do you think it's going to be if you've opened it because those self-tapping screws aren't going to go in exactly <laughs> the same way that constitute damage, and now you're voiding the warranty? Yeah, I don't think so. I think it, just if you damage it, like if you um, somehow don't put that one screw they were talking about in um, that connects your uh your your the, the copper cooling bar from your your uh apu uh to the cooling system if you don't connect that properly and you're not getting ample cooling and you fry your your cpu and we can tell that you did it because there's a screw missing that's not going to be covered under warranty i think it's just them uh covering their butts a little bit um saying we want to cover most of the stuff but if you if you if you pull this out without undoing the screws and bend all the the, the metal it's not going to be covered under warranties. So I think that's a good caveat. But again, so different than most companies that just say, if you open it up, as you said, Bill, it's done. You're, you're, you, you, there's no warranty coverage at all. Uh, this is a little bit different. Um, 
the one thing that I really liked is the fact that uh, your analog stick modules are a complete separate unit. Mm-hmm. There, you undo one little um, ribbon cable and you take out a couple screws. I think it was three, two or three, doesn't really matter. And then you can pull out the board, the whole circuit board with the analog stick. And and they said in the video, we will have information about replacement parts in the future in case you ever have to repair this yourself. I don't think I've ever seen that. You can get replacement parts for Apple devices and, and uh, Androids, different Android devices, usually through the factories that are making it for those companies. They make uh, backdoor deals with other white-labeled uh, things, and they, they sell it on AliExpress or Amazon with mm-hmm. some weird white-label thing. This is them saying, no, we're going to make these things available for people. It's just the whole thing's refreshing. Like I, I don't know of a, of a computer company that has really talked to that way in the past where you're not going to void your warranty. We're going to, we're going to make replacement parts available. Like it, it's just, I don't know. It, it just, it was a breath of fresh air for me. I don't, I don't really know how else to say it other than this isn't the norm. And I wish it was, I wish companies were more like this. That's the most irritating thing about this whole thing is that this is so refreshing. It shouldn't be, this should just be the exactly. way things are. Um, let's, I mean, you talked about the, the joysticks being able to be replaced mm-hmm. fairly easily. I am somebody, I had Joy-Con drift on my Nintendo switch. Um, I bought the right screws and everything. I got it to my house. I tried taking it apart. I tried putting it back together. It was a disaster. <laughs> this is not something that is in my wheelhouse. There is absolutely 0% chance that I am going to loosen the screws on the back of my Steam Deck. I will simply live without it for however long and send it to Valve to be replaced. Uh, right. That being said, I know that there's a ton of people out there that are good at this kind of stuff, and the fact that they're mm-hmm. able to get a hold of a stick and replace it, because let's be honest, you've got these things that are sticking out, and that's where mm-hmm. you're definitely... Uh, for a portable device, you're definitely looking for that's a place where you can get some damage is where you've got these parts right. that stick out from the rest of the device. It can get caught on something as you're pulling it out of a bag. Make sure you're using your case, people. Um, <laughs> and I, I absolutely love how they showed you this is these are the screws that you use. This is how you do everything. Bam, yep. you're done. Uh, let's move on to the um, the memory, not memory, the storage SSD um, stuff, yeah, yeah, the SSD stuff, because when um, they had posted, I think it was like a, a reply from from Gabe Newell, where he said, yeah, we're using this part. Um, mm-hmm. I immediately saw on that, that Steam Deck subreddit, everybody saying, oh, I just bought this. I just bought that. And I, I was really happy that Valve was extremely explicit. As to why they chose the one that they chose, because Mm -hmm. they wanted to make sure it's exactly the right size. This thing is packed tight. Like, there is very little extra room inside the Steam Deck. And uh, they picked this one because it's the best for, like, uh, electromagnetic interference. uh, And it's the best for, uh, it's not going to be too thick uh, interfering with something else. Uh, I love that they explain the reasoning behind it because that's going to stop some people, not all people, but it's going to stop some people from going out, 
buying one, getting it, yeah. putting it in, and then realizing um, I'm getting all this, all these problems because of yeah. this. Well, they should have watched that video or listened to this podcast so that they would know <laughs> that there is a very specific reason that they chose the hardware that they chose. And I, I love yeah. that they're telling us this. Hundred percent. Um, the the taking off the um the RF shroud um to even get to the M2 drive was to me said you shouldn't be going in here and getting to the M2 drive. Just having repaired so many devices like this before, if everything is behind shielding, there's a good reason for it. Uh, and then they talked about it in the video. The M2 drive is right beside where your Wi-Fi. Um, controller is so if your m2 drive is bleeding rf and it's interfering with your with your wireless card you're going to have terrible wireless that means downloads that means online play everything's going to be impacted so they were very clear about it i love the fact that they did show it though because there's multiple sizes of m2 drives mm -hmm. this is the what is it like the 2230 i, I think, think is so, what yeah. it is i think that's uh, i'm yeah, a computer hardware some of those acronyms and numbers all kind of blend in someone in the comments will let us know Exactly. But it, that that's that size is like it's usually about like an inch by one inch, um, not including um, the, the thickness, of course, that they'll vary on thickness, but depending whether there's shielding on it or not, if it's meant to go inside of a, a motherboard uh, in your PC or desktop PC or if it's something meant for more portable um, um, uses. Um, so you're going to have a, a, an idea of what it looks like. So you can, all the people that pre-bought it and they're talking about it on the, the Reddit, if they bought a full-size M2, well, obviously it's not going to fit. Um, you can't even take a hacksaw to it and cut it down because <laughs> that, that, that wouldn't be a good idea. Um, but now it gives them kind of a, a blueprint of, okay, I am going to try to do this. I know that I remove these eight screws, then I remove these four screws, then I remove these two screws, and I disconnect these two ribbon wires. And then I can replace it. My module looks like it will fit. It has the same sort of um, shrouding the uh, around it to hopefully cut down an RF. This may work. Um, but coming right out to say the caveats, uh, again, I don't know. It's a breath of fresh air. We, you don't get that from companies. They just say don't do it. They don't give you the reasons why not to do it other than because we said so. Um, <laughs> so this, this, is, uh, this is really nice to see. Absolutely. And, you know, for somebody who's wondering why would they vary in thickness – one of the ways that that um, you can try and squeeze more storage onto a similar size chip is to put some stuff on both sides of it. And so, you know, if you've got one that has stuff on both sides of it and you go to put it in, it's going to be thicker than the one you took out. And sure, it has more storage, but now the thickness has changed and that might yeah. interfere with the, the uh, uh, RFI uh, plating and and all of that yeah. kind of thing. So, yeah, I'm not touching mine. Mine's gonna stay the way that it's supposed, like the way that it came. I'm just gonna increase my storage with an SD card. And just to remind yeah. everybody out there, when they had all of the reviewers, not us, uh, go out to <laughs> uh, Valve's headquarters and try the device out, they were playing the games off of the SD card, and nobody really had a problem. I think that. One, I think somebody said that some of the games were on SD cards and some of them were not, and they couldn't tell which ones were which. So right. I think you're going to be fine. Buy a really expensive, huge, massive SD card, and you're going to be all set. Or buy a SD card for JRPGs. Buy an SD card for racing <laughs> games. Buy one for right. shooters so that you can keep them organized. You can get like yeah. a little belt with all the little SD card slots in there. 
<laughs> yeah. Yeah, you can get a, a Robert Liefeld um styled uh utility belt. If you know him, he's he was a comic artist that loves to draw little pockets on everything. So you could have like this belt that has a hundred little pockets on it. Uh it would be Liefeld approved, and then you can put all your SD cards in there. Um but yeah, it's they they even said in this teardown video, uh you don't don't worry about replacing this if this is too scary. Use a micro SD card. It'll be plenty fast. <laughs> you don't hear plenty fast usually used in a corporate video. Uh, they they don't they don't like talking in those types of terms. They they want to give you specifics so that it doesn't come back to bite them in the butt. Valve is being very open here, as they always are. Um, again, I, I don't want to say it's a breath of fresh air for the hundredth time, but man, every communication from them seems like a, a breath of fresh air. All right, uh, down in the description or in the comments section down there, let us know how many times Lloyd has said yeah. a breath of fresh air. Breath oh. of fresh air, watch. <laughs> we want we want to count by the end of the show, and uh, we'll try to beat it every episode. All right, there we go. All right, let's move on to. I don't know how I feel about this. This is uh, irritating and awesome at the same time. It's kind of confirmation <laughs> that we were. Uh, somebody even said this on the subreddit. We were on point with the name of our podcast. Yeah. Uh, On Deck is the name of our podcast. And uh, like Lloyd and I sat down and we were like, what are we going to call the show? And and we came up with On Deck. And then I made like the logo and I was like, oh, my God, this is perfect. And Mm then Valve gets the Twitter handle. I'm so mad that I didn't try and get this Twitter handle. They get the Twitter handle On Deck. Yeah. And I was like, oh, my God, it's perfect. Because then they can say, (laughs) you know, they can have... uh, um. A, uh, a developer post such and such is on deck and just use the That's at right. symbol. It's brilliant and irritating. And I'm really hoping that they don't come after us for the name because yeah. they're valve and we're nerds in our, uh, my attic, his basement. And, um, <laughs> what do you think Lloyd? I, I don't have any valve proof shrouding around my house. <laughs> so if they come after me, that would be a very bad thing. Uh, but yeah, I, I'm sure they bought this handle from someone or it was a dormant Twitter account. Uh, since they, they're already verified, I'm sure they worked with their friends over at Twitter access that we wouldn't have to do it. So I don't feel so bad we didn't get that Twitter handle. But uh, yeah, hopefully uh, hopefully Valve knows about us and uh, and and uh, can can drop us a little hat tip every once in a while uh, from their on-deck <laughs> Twitter account to the On Deck podcast. There you go. Um, I will say <laughs> that that Twitter handle, you should definitely follow them. Um, mm-hmm. They have been tweeting out a bunch of like either retweeting, uh, liking, or uh, commenting on other devs who have uh, the, the dev kits at their uh, offices and they're showing off games running on the Steam Deck. And Valve keeps mm-hmm. on showing them off. I think that there's like there's one that's really long. It's like two minutes long, which I think is the limit on Twitter. I think it's two minutes and twenty seconds uh, is how long you can have a video on Twitter. And there's like this two minute long video of the Steam Deck playing Psychonauts Two, which is a fairly new game, and it looks mm-hmm. like it's running really, really well. Um, there's tons of these tweets of devs who have their hands on the steam deck. If any of you are uh, devs who have their hands on the steam deck, we would love to talk to you. And if you guys are all, those of you who are watching, who are not devs who have your hands on the steam deck, do us a favor. And when somebody tweets that out, you should say, Hey, uh, you should hit up uh, at run, jump stomp or at Dazme. Uh, I'm run, jump stomp. He's Dazme. Uh, <laughs> hit us up. For an interview, because we would love to talk about how your game is running on deck. Uh, and they're, again, 
It's a good name. It really is. It is. Uh, anything it else is. to add before we move on to the comments from uh, from from previous episodes? I don't think so. Other than uh, Valve, if you're listening, uh, we would love to 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 do our own video uh, about us playing a game on the Steam Deck. Uh, so you could say from your on deck Twitter account, uh, we're, we're on deck with on deck and they're on deck with on deck. And it, it could be just this great tweet. And just think of the just think of the great tweet valve. Don't think about giving random people that are fans of your products hardware early for review. Just think of how awesome that uh, Twitter conversation would be. That's all you got to think about. Yeah. And I have a deck outside of my house. Like my, yeah. I have a back deck and I could go sit on that back deck and play on deck when we could even record the episode on mm-hmm. deck from there. All right. Yeah. Moving on, on deck could be oh. on deck on the deck. There you go. Moving on. Uh, let's talk about some comments from previous episodes. If you didn't know, uh, this isn't episode one. This is episode seven. There's a bunch of episodes before. Make sure you go and watch all of those episodes uh, previously, like many thousands of you have. Thank you very much for that. Brandon Bloom uh, sent in this comment. They said, I did some preliminary tests with Age of Empires and region-based mouse mapping that snaps the cursor back to its original position when you let go on the touchpad, and it works stunningly well. Your video on Steam Controller mapping was invaluable. So first off, thank you for watching my video about how to map things on the Steam Controller. I made that because I knew that there were going to be a lot of people who are curious about those trackpads on the Steam Deck. Uh, If you haven't seen that video, make sure that you go check it out. I've not done what Brandon has done, though. I've never tried to use that particular uh input method so what he's talking about here is you can set up the um the um the the touchpad on a steam on a steam controller which i have right here you can set up the touchpad on a steam controller so that when you put your finger down here and start dragging around the mouse always starts in the center of a spot on the screen that you determine so you could use this for i would say like a, a game like Torchlight One, which didn't, I don't believe it supported any uh, controllers. But what you could do is you could have that, that mouse centered on the character. And then as you move your finger away, your character starts moving in that general direction. It allows you to do things um, with, a, with a controller or with the trackpads that you can't do with a regular controller, making it possible to play games that you otherwise wouldn't be able to play. Um, yep. I never tried this with RTS games, so I, I don't know. Um, Brandon, give us an update if you have more uh, info on that. Uh, you picked this comment out to talk about. What's your thoughts here? Yeah, I, I just wanted to say, again, uh, just such a good job on that Steam Controller video that you did, Bill. Uh, again, I had no idea. And I, I've been covering gaming industry for like 18 years uh, between blogging and podcasting and all this stuff. And I followed the Steam controller when it came out, and I followed all the the hijinks around uh, the uh, the fire sale they did at the end, and and all that, and and I was knowledgeable about it, but I didn't know that it could do this, um, which makes sense because I don't have one. But the thing that that is even more surprising is Bill didn't know how to do this. He's our resident Steam controller <laughs> guru, and he didn't know that this was a, a way, or he he knew about it, but he hasn't tried it. So this just goes to show how. Um, how customizable the Steam Deck is going to be. If a control method doesn't work for you, you're going to have a thousand different things that you could possibly do to remedy that between using buttons and um, and 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 the little um, 
what is it hot key buttons where you can mm-hmm. hold down hold down a button which then changes what all the other touchpads and other buttons do if you set it up that way like there there's going to be no game that you can't play with this control mode method because there's just so many different things you can do so uh i i just love this comment both because age of empires that was something that uh, microsoft was talking about mm-hmm. and the fact that they were talking about your your steam controller video so if you haven't seen it uh, definitely go watch Bill's video on on why the Steam controller is means the Steam controller existing means that the Steam Deck is going to do all right. And it, it was a great video, showed me some stuff uh, that I didn't know was possible, and apparently did to other people as well, like Brandon Bloom, who left this comment. So thanks, Brandon, for for dropping that on our video last episode. Yeah, we we do appreciate that, Brandon. Also, I will say. Uh, if you're looking for a, a place where you can find videos that are going to be like that, once I get my hands on the Steam Deck, I'm going to be making videos about this is the input method that I figured out for this game, or people will right. be able to send in their input methods and I can make a video uh, about their input methods. So there's going to be a lot of uh, potential for um, you know either tutorials or uh highlighting other people's stuff uh yep. right here at our youtube channel nerdnest.tv uh let's move on to this comment from uh i think i scrolled too far there we go redder than misty they said as for the can non-steam games use proton section uh this has already been the case since proton's release a few years ago the main hurdle, though, has been DRM, such as Uplay and Origin generally being incompatible. But if you have something that has no DRM, such as a game from GOG, then generally there will be little to no issues. And it just kind of highlights the fact that we are going to have issues. It's not all uh, puppy dogs and ice cream. In in the future, mm. when the Steam Deck does come out, I guarantee there are going to be games that people want to play. And they won't be able to play due to the way that um, the devs or the publishers set things up either in the past or in the future. And that might be a DRM solution, which always kind of drives me nuts because DRM doesn't actually stop pirates. It stops people who bought your game from getting what they want to do done um, right. because pirates just go around it and the the paying customers get screwed. Never been a fan of that which is why I do love GOG. That being said, almost all of my games, all almost all of my PC games are Steam games. So yeah. this probably won't affect me all that much, but I know that there's a lot of people who use Uplay and Origin, and you know, DRM might be a real issue for those people. Uh, yeah. Any thoughts on this, Lloyd? Yeah, I mean, if, if this isn't going to be ready for launch, if they don't have some way to run Uplay or Origin uh, or sideload the games somehow, like install them on a PC, copy that bundle to your Steam Deck and run it that way with some sort of authentication, if there's no way around that, uh, the ultimate solution then is you install Windows. Uh, you can install yeah. Windows to, to a memory card. You could have a specific SD card that is just your Windows install with the Windows games that you want to run that that aren't usable under the the linux version of of steam os uh so that that is your ultimate solution to all these problems obviously not an out-of-the-box solution because you're gonna have to get a windows license you're gonna have to install windows you're gonna have to install things to sd cards it's there's gonna be some heavy lifting involved but the the ultimate solution to all your problems is well if it doesn't work and it works on this os 
just install that OS. If there's a weird build of Linux that you've used for years on your PC because you have a live CD and this one game will only run on that one thing, well, then just convert your live CD to a USB boot or something and you can play that on your Steam Deck. It's just not something that we've ever had with a portable device before other than like a laptop. But I don't really consider a laptop a portable gaming device because you can't just hold it in your hands. It's on your lap. You can't you can't stand and play it normally. Um, this is going to be the first time that we really have this type of flexibility and freedom with a portable gaming device. And uh, yeah, if, if it doesn't work, just install Windows. Yeah, and in the last episode, we talked about the FAQ that Valve had dropped. And one of the things that they said was, you can't boot... You can, I don't know if that came out wrong because I'm coughing, <laughs> you can boot from an SD card. So uh, you do have access to the BIOS. When you turn on your Steam Deck, you're going to be able to do something in order to select which drive are you booting from. And then yep. so you can have all of your games that won't run on deck on Windows on a on a thumb drive, not a thumb drive, um, on a SD card. You plug that one in, you tell it boot from there. And then you're all set. Uh, so yep. there's always going to be uh, options. And that's one of the things that I think that's one of the reasons why this device appeals to so many different people for so many different reasons is because there are solutions for so many of the problems that a device like yeah. this presents. Yeah, 100, 100 uh, percent. There, there's ways around um, any problem that you have. Most likely uh, there may be some heavy lifting involved in getting around those problems, but the good thing is you're going to have every single developer out there. Uh, you're going to have Valve. Uh, I'm sure Valve is going to want to get uh, on, on the phone with uh, Ubisoft and uh, and all the other companies, EA, and and say, hey, your, your software isn't working here. Can we work together to make this work? We have a, a few, just a, a whole warehouse of engineers behind us that are willing to jump on this problem, um, which you, you really wouldn't have with other companies that are trying to break into the space. If you're just a Kickstarter making a portable gaming device, you're not going to have the clout to go to the EA and say, hey, can we make your games work with us? Yeah. Uh, on the other hand, Valve does have that. They Not only that, but I mean, you look at the, the companies you just brought up, EA. Uh, we already know that uh, Jedi Fallen Order runs yeah. on it. It was featured. So I'm sure that there's conversations happening uh, between... EA and Valve there. Now, somebody right. might say, well, they were running the Steam version. Sure, but I'm mm-hmm. sure that they've talked because they featured their game. Uh, Ubisoft, they put their games everywhere. Uh, right. you, you can't throw a stone without hitting a Ubisoft <laughs> game running on right. some refrigerator someplace. It's just they always want to hit as many possible customers as they can. So they Ubisoft stuff is going to be on there. So... I think that that's something to keep in mind as well. Now, this next comment is not related to gaming, but it's definitely related, related in the case, in the way that DRM can get in the way of things. And that's from Codex 404. They said the only issue with watching 4K content, and this is they're replying to something that we were talking about on a previous episode. Uh, right. The only issue with watching 4K content on the Steam Deck, uh, if it's, docked obviously not on a on the 720p or the 800p screen is the potentially of drm support as far as i know there is no linux distros that have implemented the paid drm netflix or or the other video platforms require if i remember correctly without the correct drm support you would have to watch the series in either 720p or 1080p which would be perfectly fine in handheld mode but not ideal when docked 
Uh, and that makes a, a, a whole bunch of sense. Like uh, as content creators, Lloyd and I are lucky that we have a, like we both have an HDMI switch that luckily strips out HDCP so that when we're trying to play a game, like the game doesn't just record a black screen in our recording software. Like that kind of thing is always a huge pain. Uh, And especially like when Stadia first came out, you couldn't turn off HDCP on the Chromecast Ultra. So luckily I had like this wouldn't matter for most people because most people aren't recording their gameplay, but luckily we had the right device in order to destroy that HDCP so that we could play the game and record what we were doing. Um, That's right. When, when most people aren't going to have that, and then you have to have HDCP in uh, that's high definition copy protection. I think it's called, um, you have to have that in order to, watch netflix or something if you've ever tried to do like do me a favor try and watch a netflix video and then try and record your screen at the same time not like with a phone but like turn on screen recording when you watch that video back you're just going to get a black screen that's hdcp happening so this is definitely an issue but at the same time i mean i know that that people are going to be like, well, I want to watch my videos on here. But at the same time, like, I don't know about you, Lloyd, but I am surrounded by so many different screens (laughs) that I can watch stuff on. I really don't think this is that big of a deal. What are your thoughts on this? Yeah. I I wanted to include this comment just because in the past we've said, yeah, it'll do anything. You can run anything. You can stream anything. And, and obviously that is not quite true. I, I completely forgot that, um, newer versions of Netflix, when they started offering 4K streaming, uh, even my PC, or I had a MacBook at the time, I couldn't watch 4K on my MacBook. It, it, it There was an HDCP, uh, there's some sort of error in the HDCP protection chain. So mm-hmm. I had a 4K monitor connected to it. I would drag the window up and it just wouldn't play. Um, that got fixed. They were able to make it work. Um, but yeah, if, if you are watching Netflix, unless you're using... Uh, Chrome or Edge, um, I don't even think Chrome works anymore. I think you need to have Edge. Uh, you can't watch anything above 1080p just because of the DRM. So my hope is that companies like Netflix and and Crave in Canada and uh, Hulu in the US and uh, Peacock Network and all the other networks, they'll, they'll understand that there's going to be a lot of people watching their stuff on Linux. So maybe... They're going to come up with new DRM, um, or you can install Windows, or you can just realize that for the most part, you're probably going to be watching the stuff on the built-in screen, which is only 720p anyway, yeah. so this won't impact you. Um, but yeah, if you are trying to get into desktop mode and watch stuff in 4K, there might be some heavy lifting involved to get it working 100%. In the past, we said, yeah, all that streaming stuff is going to be fine. Uh, the reality is Linux does have its issues sometimes um, with this support because companies generally support windows and maybe windows and mac and then you get into some of the other operating systems and they just don't have the the enough they don't have enough engineers to yeah. make sure that this stuff works and if you're watching this and you know a legal being the operative word a legal workaround feel free to let us know in the comments section down below so that people who are trying to watch 4k netflix on their docked steam deck uh are going to be fine um i think right. that that is a a uh, very, very small subset of people because I think most people who want to watch 4K Netflix 
probably already have plenty of ways to watch 4K Netflix, but uh, right. it's definitely an issue to be sure. Uh, moving on, we got a comment from Dindon. Uh, they said Game Pass games are not just Windows executables. Those are UWP apps that are not supported by either Wine or Proton. It doesn't seem like it will be in the near future. I can completely agree with that. Uh, mm-hmm. I did see that there was a game. God, I wish I had written this down. I saw that there was a game that had recently been replaced from the UWP app to a regular Windows executable recently. I think it was. I think I saw it on the Steam Deck uh, subreddit. And I was like, oh, that's interesting. And yet again, I forgot to like make a note of it so that I would remember later. But if you know what game I'm talking about, let us know down below. Um, mm-hmm. This seems like yet another, Lloyd, tell people to install Windows if they want. <laughs> <laughs> well, what I'm hoping is, well, we had the Xbox people uh, tweet about the Steam Deck and say, this is cool. I'm playing this and this. Uh, which were both games that were included with Game Pass. Mm-hmm. So maybe Microsoft is working with Valve to make sure that UWP, Universal Windows Protection, or Universal Windows Program, I can't remember what that mm-hmm. acronym stands for, um, will run under Linux with um, whatever DRM they have to get running, either through uh, a native Linux version or a Proton-enabled version that will that'll run that copy protection uh, as uh, through the proton compatibility layer um maybe those conversations are happening that's my hope anyway um you you, you generally don't get uh, a head of of a company talk about another company unless there's going to be some sort of working together happening yeah. whether the contracts have been signed or not who knows but y- you got to think there's some sort of communication happening so hopefully by launch this won't be an issue anymore yeah i hope so i also keep in mind that um uh, Phil, um, God, I always want to say Schiller. Phil Spencer, Spencer from Microsoft, he always is talking about other gaming stuff. Like he, he'll he'll do briefing and have a Nintendo Switch behind him. So <laughs> yeah, like he's a little bit of an outlier when it comes to that stuff. But I do agree that I think it's a good business move for Windows, uh, for UDP uh, apps to kind of vanish and mm-hmm. uh, just use a regular Windows executable, although that might increase the amount of piracy that happens through game pass. Like you subscribe, download a bunch of stuff, unsubscribe, and then you can just keep playing because the, 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 I don't know, the communication isn't there. I'm just thinking on my feet here. I could be completely wrong. Uh, Another way that you could play it is by streaming through Xbox cloud gaming uh, where you are playing the games. And maybe this is how the Microsoft people were doing it is they were streaming the game to the Steam Deck. We don't know, uh, and Mm -hmm. we probably won't know until at least December. Moving on, Lego Enforcer says, Nerd Nest, what do you think the Steam Deck is going to do, if anything, for the VR industry? Uh, Thank you very much for the comment. My answer, and then I'll let Lloyd go, is I don't think it will do anything for the VR industry. It seems like a completely separate thing. Valve has said, sure, you can plug a VR headset into it. It's not made for that probably not going to be a good experience uh this seems like uh this seems like the difference between say an an iphone and an apple watch like (laughs) sure uh having the iphone 13 would be really cool but it doesn't really change how my watch works um maybe that's not the best example you think it's going to have any impact lloyd 
I think it has the potential too. Uh, I love VR. Um, I was a big proponent of PlayStation VR when it first came out. Um, unfortunately, the platform is just so underpowered. Um, I'm susceptible to motion sickness ever since getting a concussion. I was never a motion sickness guy before. I got a really bad concussion. I was laid up on my back for a week with vertigo and dizziness. And then I immediately went into VR and my worst fears uh, came to light, which is anything that has uh, movements, fast movements, um, a lot of movement with turning my head, uh, I would get nauseous. Um, the good thing is the the Steam Deck seems to be more powerful. Um, whether the Steam Deck will be able to power a standalone VR headset at launch, I'm not sure. I, I think it might be a little bit underpowered for that um, just because of the, um, the thermal um, footprint. You can't raise the wattage to get to get more frames per second and um, without the the system melting um but what i what i wanted to include this comment for is because there's been some illusion that valve is working on using steam deck components for a standalone vr headset just like the oculus quest oh, okay. so you i never thought of it that way i thought of it as plugging a thing in that's interesting so imagine in the future you get a a valve index standalone so in, in index no wires or whatever they're going to call it they have way better marketing people than than we do uh, except for on deck that was a really good good name um they, they need to get on that <laughs> earlier i think but anyway um if they take like the core guts of a steam deck and put it right into the headset and then uh, through steam link have some sort of we weird thing where you can use your steam deck as a controller or you could have shared gpu stuff happening like there, there could be all sorts of crazy hardware software hardware integrations that they could do um but i think the the main thing that's gonna do or the comment what do you think the steam deck's gonna do to the vr industry is that the steam deck they have millions of people using this hardware it's it's bulletproof now they take that hardware out and they put it right on your skull inside of a standalone headset and that'll be the best way that steam deck will um will improve the the vr industry yeah, and I'm somebody who, uh, like, I never used VR until my son, he saved up all uh, a whole bunch of money and bought himself the uh, Oculus Quest 2. And uh, I was blown away by how cool VR is. I'd never used it before because it was too prohibitively expensive. Um, right. Being able to get something like the Quest 2 that, has a really good experience is it as good as a valve index no is it as good as like an htc5 i'm sure it's not um but those things cost like an, an exorbitant exorbitant exor i don't know a, a lot exorbitant. they cost a <laughs> lot of money and uh the oculus quest 2 doesn't so right i think that maybe you're you're onto something here lloyd where you can use what you've learned from the steam deck in order to make portable hardware and, you know, make that something that you can strap to your head. That's very, very interesting to me, uh, especially because I feel like I haven't used the valve index controllers, but I've heard nothing but wonderful things about them. And my yeah. experience with the steam controller kind of makes me think that valve makes the best controllers but nobody gets to really use them unfortunately <laughs> uh anyway moving on to a comment from superfly 
Uh, I like his icon, by the way. It's Cuphead. I love Cuphead. Uh, question for On Deck 7. Valve seems like they're open to third-party manufacturers making their own versions of the Steam Deck. Do you think they will be willing to license the trackpad technology to third-party manufacturers, or will they be locking that technology down? Well, thank you very much for the question, and I've got a couple of responses here. Number one, the SteamOS 3.0 is... Like, they're just giving that away. Anybody yep, can source. use that. And that's where all of the controller input um, customization is coming yep. from. It's coming from that. Th- these these trackpads, they're just trackpads. It's all software that makes these things special. Um, right. I, I mean, sure, they're, you know the shape that they have been put into, the haptic yeah. motors underneath are all great, but that's all like stuff that anybody can figure out the hard part is the part that valve figured out in my opinion maybe i'm wrong but they figured out the software and making it so you can do a lot of different things with it now i have to say valve said that they were very open to third-party manufacturers making their own versions of the steam deck and i'm Mm -hmm. sure that they are but I don't see anybody else making something as cheap as the Steam Deck with this much power. Um, yep. It's very powerful for what you're paying for it. A $400 price tag on this, they're guaranteed to be losing money. And you have got to be a massive, massive company that <laughs> right. can throw that kind of money away. Anything yep. that you uh, want to add to that, Lloyd? Yeah, just that um, the, the, one of the main questions was, do you think they'd be willing to license the trackpad technology? I, I don't see that as, as a barrier at all. I, I think Valve has been super open about all the stuff they've been working on. Obviously, they have patents. Um, they, have, they have a lot of real-world studies that they've done with ergonomics and usability mm-hmm. and, and, and how, how people like to control stuff. Um, Valve's been um, releasing white papers on this for years and years and years and years. Um, so yeah, I, I could see a future where um, Asus comes to Valve and say, okay, we're making a Steam Deck competitor, or I, they probably wouldn't say a competitor if they're trying to get a business opportunity um, uh, hammered out with Valve. So we're saying, making we're working- a portable PC. We're making a portable gaming device. Uh, we would we would love the ability to use uh, the haptics and the touchpad so that our device is the same. I think Valve would be all on top of that because they'd want the form factor to be the form factor where you have your your two sticks, you have your two pads, you have your buttons, you have your tr- your your triggers, you have your buttons on the back because they want to have people used to that input method. And if other companies are doing a similar uh, control layout that just takes the the i don't know the human learning thing learning to use this new set of controls in the format that they are and extends it to more hardware um which will then improve um the the, the steam controller support um the, the 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 open control editing thing that bill has shown off numerous times where you can choose all your different things and macros and all that stuff it's just going to make it that much better because it's going to be used across a bunch of different hardware. So I, I would fully expect uh, Valve to be open to licensing this out. That said, I'm not I'm not a lawyer. Uh, I don't deal with corporate uh, co- corporate um, partnerships, so I don't know if there's maybe a lot more stuff that will have to come into play here. But if any company would would be open to sharing their um, their work, it seems like Valve would be one of those companies. And you know, and not only that, but keep in mind the real end game here 
is to drive more users towards buying games on Steam. Yeah. Uh, so and getting if, off if, Windows. Right. If a competitor wants to license uh, Steam OS 3.0, and uh, that means more sales for Valve, mm-hmm. which is exactly what they want. Uh, so thank you very much, Superfly, for the question. Brandon Melendez says, what type of emulation do you think will be possible? I'm going to let Lloyd tackle this one. He did an entire video about how this is going to be like the best retro gaming handheld ever. So Lloyd, you want to answer Brandon's question here? Yeah. So what I assume Brandon is what you're getting at is what type of systems will be uh, um, possible to be emulated on this device. I could say anything or I would think rather I can't say it because I don't have a device in front of me, but I would say anything that you can emulate on your PC right now um, would be doable on the Steam Deck there. All the emulators that I've ever played with, um, there seems to be Linux versions uh, that run natively. Um, I I would think that if you're trying to use a Windows uh, emulator that does high-level emulation, like an N64 emulator on Windows, you might have some issues because of the Proton compatibility layer, because a lot of that high-level emulation stuff is you're not really emulating the hardware. You're doing some uh, guesses and simulation and then some emulation at the same time. Uh, But I think you can go all the way from, uh, from Atari 2600 all the way to n64 and beyond i'm sure playstation 1 and playstation 2 support will be uh doable on here with no problems we wii u emulation probably no problems at all when you get into some of the switch stuff please don't emulate nintendo switch that's 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 hardware that is on the market right now uh anything that's a couple generations past i i i generally have no issues with emulation there um so i think if you go from atari 2600 to playstation 2 era you'll probably be able to play uh, anything and everything um, between those eras on this device, uh, provided there are good Linux versions of these emulators and you're not trying to use the the Windows one through Proton because that will, without without a doubt, cause some issues just because of timing and other things that would come into play. Yeah, and I will, I, I'm going to reiterate what Lloyd said. If you have a way to legally play these games, then you should make sure that you do so that you can support the developers. Otherwise, those kind of games don't get made anymore. Um, right. But uh, I'm I'm also with Lloyd. If if you've got like super old games and you don't have any way to to play them, um, then emulation is preservation. And I think that emulation is a good thing. I've got you can't see it right now, but I've got like an arcade cabinet over here with a bunch of old arcade games on it uh, on a retro pie, and and you know go over there and I can play. Ms. Pac-Man, but guess what? I also bought Ms. Pac-Man like, I don't know, 13 <laughs> friggin' times, so I think it's okay. Right. Uh, right. All right. Thank you for the question, Brandon. Uh, Altafir, I, I think I said that right. Altafir says, so. suspending and resuming has been a thing since on the PC for many years. You can sleep, turn off your PC, keep the RAM right. powered, or hibernate, uh, save the RAM to disk on Windows, and it continues where you left off. Hibernate allows you to plug your PC out entirely. I think they mean unplug, but that's okay. As it's saved to disk, you can additionally suspend individual programs and games from the task manager. I've been using Windows for years. I didn't know about that. Um, (laughs) uh, Suspended processes consume no resources other than RAM, so you can uh, play any other game in the meantime. When RAM gets full, its contacts get offloaded to your page files on your disks automatically. Okay, that's all really cool. Yep. For me, not what we're talking about. I just want to be able to like 
I was playing Metroid Dread earlier. I want to be able to just grab my grab my 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 system and look, I'm exactly where I was when I left off. Exactly yep. where I was when I left off and it took zero time. Uh that's the kind of thing I want to hit a button. It just got suspended. Uh then hit another button, have it come back up. And, and we're right back game. into the game. That's what we're yep. talking about. Um, what you're talking about seems more complicated and slower. And that's the kind of thing, sure, it's been on PC forever. This kind of behavior, I don't think is on PC right now. Is it? Right. Am I wrong? Um, well, c- Kind of, sort of. Um, I'm usually kind of wrong. <laughs> basically, basically what uh, the reason why I included this comment, because there, there was a lot of different comments about us being so wowed about hibernation. And obviously, I, I've been using PCs since like the x86 um, and then into Windows and the sleep and resume and, and all that stuff. Obviously, we know that exists because we use modern computers. The thing that got me really excited was Valve coming out and saying that they're working on sleep and resume for individual games where you could sleep a game, start another game and then return to the previous game that you're working on. Um, also, they talked about the ability to start a game on your on your deck yeah, um, awesome. and then bring it bring it to whatever wherever you are. You're at a picnic. Then you come home, you're playing a game and you immediately pick up and play from your PC where it, it takes whatever state that is on your deck and then loads it up um, through Steam Cloud on your PC, so you're able to switch between devices. And to me, that is the really exciting thing because if they're working on technology like that, that really I I can't think of of any exist any any version of this running in the real world on any other platform where I could pick up uh, a play a game on one device and switch to that to another device directly for PC games. To me, that is revolutionary because th- that that is bundling the information in such a way that makes it usable on multiple devices. So if if I took a dump of my computer's memory and put it on a on a flash drive and I ran over to Bill's house and plugged it in and then and then somehow was able to load that memory footprint into memory on Bill's machine, his computer would crash because I have a different GPU, I have a different CPU, I have different memory, I have different processes, I have different OS. So if Valve is able to make a process where it saves kind of the metadata of what is in memory, the these textures are loaded here, this is loaded here, um, but doesn't load kind of like these the hardware-specific CPU stuff and GPU stuff and can make that work, that's going to be huge for the gaming industry as a whole because I don't believe that exists currently. So Valve hasn't come right out and said, this is how we are doing it, but they've alluded to a lot of different things in their videos and to me, that is what's exciting about this. Um, we'll have to see, obviously, what comes out at launch. Maybe none of this will be available at launch. But if you could switch between games, if you could switch between devices, and all that is is managed through your Steam account, through Steam Cloud, and seamless and magic, uh, I think that's going to be an amazing thing for the industry as a whole. Of course, we'll have to wait and see what comes out at launch. Yeah, currently, the closest you can get, um, I was playing a game on GeForce Now, and I saved my game and then I loaded up Steam and I was able to launch my game and pick up where I left off from my save. But that included going through the process of saving the game, shutting it down. It uploads right. to the cloud. It downloads from the cloud, open the game, yep. open the save. This is yep. supposed to be much more seamless. And anything 
that reduces friction for the end user, mm-hmm. I always get excited about. So, uh, but exactly. thank you very much uh, for the comment. We do appreciate that. And uh, I don't know. I, I feel like the idea, even what I was just saying, where I showed off with Metroid Dread, where like I just shut off my machine and I turned mm-hmm. it right back on and it was exactly where I left it off. Can I really do that on Windows? Like, can kind of, I? Kind of. Um, some games. I've, never tried I, it. I've I've done that before playing uh playing games on my Mac and you you shut your your laptop um clamshell and then you take your laptop home and you plug it in and then you open up your clamshell. Uh, it it will work sometimes. Okay. Uh, more times than not, it will crash. <laughs> I've I've uh I've had even less positive experience on Windows. Um. I fully expect that Steam will be able to sleep one game, but if they can make it so that you can have multiple games kind of uh, on the go and, and quick switch between them, like the Xbox series, mm-hmm. I mean, that's going to be a game changer for playing PC games. Um, of course, if this already exists in some format and I just haven't heard about it, please let us know below. Um, we're not we're not being ignorant on purpose. We just don't know because the PC industry is so huge that maybe there's some way to do this currently. I just I can't think of it, and I haven't been able to do Google Foo to uh, to pull up a search that actually leads us to believe that that exists. So Valve working on this one could be could be revolutionary, uh, or it could just be a we're copying the Nintendo Switch, and you can you can put your system to sleep and then wake it up, which you can kind of already do on modern modern devices. I hope it's more than just that. All right, we've been going for quite a long time, and we still have a lot to get to. So what I'm going to do is I've got this comment re- right here from Chris Howard. It says, I would be interested to hear your thoughts on the longevity of the Steam Deck. How future-proof is it? And for how many years can we expect to be able to play the latest games at reasonable graphics settings? I want to talk about that next episode. Uh, awesome. Just because I feel like that's going to be a long conversation. And it's absolutely a good thing to talk about. And if you have thoughts on that, leave comments below. And we can really focus on that next episode. Um Let's move on to a little bit more news. Uh, Ricochet anti-cheat. We talked earlier about things that are going to get in the way of the Steam Deck working, and it seems like Ricochet anti-cheat might be one of those things. It is a Mm -hmm. kernel-level driver. Uh, Lloyd, before we go any further, there's probably a lot of people out there who don't know what a kernel-level driver is. Uh, Do you want to explain that to them? Yeah, let's do kind of like super high level. So you have the kernel of your OS that's kind of like the low level processes that keep your computer running. And then you have your operating system that runs on top of it. Things that run at the kernel level generally can't be interacted with directly from the software level. There's some protection there. Um, but those will do things like when you turn on your computer and you want to have a server running, that's a kernel, a kernel level thing that boots up. Um, and runs that way. So if you have a kernel-level driver, that means it's as low-level as you could possibly get. And the reason why they want that is because then they can't have software that is only there to fool the the anti-cheat software from noticing that there's a cheat thing running, there's aimbot or whatever. So having a very low-level kernel-level driver would prevent that from happening. That also makes me wonder how this is possibly going to run under the SteamOS um, through the Proton compatibility layer and and all that stuff. Because if this is a, a Windows-specific driver, um, Call of Duty, uh, the, the Call of Duty devs are going to have to work on getting Ricochet ported from that to maybe Linux and run as a, a Linux uh, kernel-level driver. Yeah, and f- for me and a lot of people out there, the idea of 
you know, I'm playing a game and now they're putting things in my kernel. No, thank you. <laughs> I don't like that. That's a security issue. I'm not yeah. a fan of kernel level anti-cheat stuff. I hate cheaters. I don't want cheaters. I like yep. anti-cheat software because it means that I have a better experience online. But the idea of them injecting stuff into the kernel of my machine, that makes me nervous. Very, very yeah. nervous. So I'm not a fan of that. And um, I mean, look, I wasn't going to play Call of Duty, whatever. Anyway, I've never I don't play those games. They're not my kind of games. They're for other people. That's fine. Right. Um, I, this isn't this isn't the reason that I'm not going to play Call of Duty, but mm. it's one of the many reasons that I wouldn't <laughs> be playing Call of Duty Warzone. Um, not a fan of kernel level stuff, and uh, yeah. they never That's... once mention Windows in this in this post. They just call, they call it PC over and over, which is yeah. fine. You don't know if that means Linux as well. Yeah, but a lot of people when they say PC, that's what they mean is Windows. You have to also understand that we got our first rootkit because of a kernel level yeah. driver. That what game was that um, I can't remember. I think I can't remember, but it was a it was a Sony DRM I want to say, mm-hmm. and they installed it uh, across every PC that ran this piece of software, and anybody could create an executable that would hide um, in in this th- this DRM. And then you wouldn't be able to detect that this is running. And that's how a lot of people got their banking information stolen and yeah. stuff like that. So kernel-level stuff has come a, a, a long ways from where it was before, where um, developers that maybe didn't think what of of the the future of what they're doing would, would lead to uh, made a lot of mistakes. Hopefully that isn't happening here. And hopefully the Ricochet folks uh, can work with Valve to make sure that Ricochet is available on Linux uh, or usable uh, either through Proton or as a direct Linux executable by the time that Steam Deck launches. Because a lot of people love their Call of Duty, and Warzone is a huge game right now. And I've watched a lot of streamers, like I'll watch Dr. Lupo, and he'll get shot through walls, and he'll have people that are aiming at his face no matter what they're doing. And like they'll run out of bullets, and... He'll run around these people, and they'll keep they'll keep their gun trained on his face because they're using cheat, cheating software. They're using aimbot um, to get rid of all that stuff uh, on the Steam Deck. Uh, I'm I'm a big fan of that. I I really hope that they can work together to get this working because there's nothing nothing that ruins my enjoyment more than someone cheating to win. Because it's like, come on, like why are you doing this? You, well, I know why they're doing that because they're they're little man babies. But um, <laughs> I I just don't I don't. I, I hope that they can work together to get this working at launch. Yeah, I agree with that. All right. Um, we've been going for a long time. I think we need to cut this off. One more story. Uh, the, we'll take the rest of these and throw them to next episode, I guess. Um, yep. Here's one that's really weird. Frog Song Studios, who makes the game Decor uh, on on uh, Steam, uh, they tweeted out, it runs on SteamOS, Ubuntu, and other Linux distros. And we don't even have to use Proton. That's cool. <laughs> awesome to hear that, that you're already right. making your game available through for Linux that way. But then they said something very interesting as a reply yeah. to this tweet. They said, oh, you want to play multiplayer with friends on the go? Sure thing. Just have them install. The, this is so weird, and I can't imagine <laughs> that anybody's ever going to do this, but I just thought it was funny. Uh, have them install the Steam Link app on their phones first, and then you can host the session from your Steam Deck. Do you see this? At, well, first off, can you 
actually do more than one screen at a time through the Steam link. I've only ever done it with one screen at a time where maybe I want to uh, play a game on my phone or play a game from my computer downstairs on the treadmill. Like I was playing New World and I walked around and was chopping down trees <laughs> using using the Steam Link app on my TV and my treadmill downstairs. Um, yeah. Can you do this with multiple screens at a time? I, I guess so. Like I after seeing that comment, I was like, what? That doesn't make sense. Uh, so I did some searches and um, there's a, uh, I, I guess, a Steam service called Remote Play Together. And it's a series of games that allow you to do remote play. You basically give them a URL and they can connect to the game. So I guess maybe um, this decor game is is working that way where they could have uh, a URL, a web browser, they can spit out some data <laughs> through that web browser to someone using Steam Link on their phone and connect to you playing on your deck. That's ridiculous. That shouldn't work. And if it does, man, that that that's that's kind of amazing. So I want to I want to look more uh, look into this a little bit more. And obviously, this is going to be something that I'm going to want to play around with when I get uh, my Steam Deck in my hands. But I too just thought Steam Link was a way to make my computer of uh, a game running on my computer looks or, or appear somewhere else so on my yeah. tv or on some other device but if you can also use that for multiplayer i mean that that's just huge and hopefully a lot more games will start supporting that if that is the case i will say that let's let's pretend that this works what i would prefer and i don't know if it works this way but i would prefer that the steam deck can make an ad hoc wireless network with other steam decks like the nintendo switch does where um you know I can be someplace with my Nintendo Switch and other people can be around me and we can all get on together and play like Mario Kart or whatever and we're not on Wi-Fi <laughs> and it's just That's connecting correct. through the ad hoc wireless. It would be really nice if the Steam Deck could do that too. Of course, would I actually take advantage of that? Probably yeah. not, but lots of people would and I think that that would be more compelling than a bunch of people uh, playing on their phones uh, <laughs> instead of on a you know a Steam Deck with controls and stuff. Yeah, I could see that working for like you know you don't know Jack or whatever, but uh, we'll have to see what uh, how how usable it would be for other things. Um, on on Steam's own uh, Steam Link webpage, they talk about the Remote Play technology. Steam Link is powered by Remote Play Technologies, which deliver real time video encoding over a custom low latency network protocol. When you play a game using Remote Play, video and audio is sent from your gaming PC to another device. Remote input and multiplayer voice are sent back to the gaming PC, all within milliseconds. So. Obviously, that's how it's working. It's using some form of, of cloud gaming, but your cloud is your PC, and whatever is receiving it uh, does it that way. So there must be some people that, some inventive developers that have then used this protocol to send <laughs> rudimentary graphics to these other devices running Steam Link on their phone. Um, all amazing things that I can't wait to dig into when I get a deck in my hands. And um, that's going to uh, be yeah, next year. Steam Deck. Steam Deck. I got to be very careful uh with my enunciation so once i get a steam deck in my hands i can't wait to check it all out all right that does it for this episode episode seven of on deck where we talked all about the steam deck thank you guys for hanging out with us uh and talking about it with us and thank you to everybody who left comments down below or shared the yeah. show out either on twitter or on reddit or wherever we really do appreciate it if you haven't already head on over to nerdnest.tv discord and join our community Discord to talk more about this stuff, even 
when we're not here on YouTube or wherever. Uh, thanks a bunch for listening or watching. Lloyd, you want to sum it up before we get out of here? Awesome. This was a, a great episode of, of answering your comments. If you have other comments and questions that you want us to uh, talk about next episode, leave them below because we record in about two weeks' time. Take it easy, everybody. Bye.